Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking investing and more. There is no topic quite like which is better to get people's blood going. Who's having a better off season? The 49ers or the Giants? Who's having a better offseason? The, the Raiders or the 49ers? People like lists and people like to argue and people like to disagree. Happens in the world of money as well. Oh, don't think us financial nerds don't fight. Which is better, real estate or investing? And I like them both. I know you're kind of wanting me to say, choose one or the other. Just choose, pick one, pick one. Oh, oh. Pull a little Sam Kennison. You can't pick both. I can pick both. Um... Things change. I mean, wow, do they ever change? Your opinions change. But there's no no more heated argument than California real estate and Prop 13. So there's no bigger argument out there than, you know, people fight about this stuff. And the vast majority of capital, you know, out there at this point in time, a lot of people say, what's more expensive? What's, what's, you know, the cost of doing business? It's labor. It, It is labor on some cases, but it's also a desk on others. I mean, just to give you an example, my TV station recently pulled Microsoft Outlook from everyone and makes them now use Google Drive and Google Documents. One's free and one's, you know, $100 license per year. So a desk is worth something, right? So if a venture capitalist is going out there and saying, you know, you've got a great idea, I'd like to give you 500000 but the, the person's saying, that's not enough. I've got to get some office space. And, you know, suddenly that's becoming part of the conversation. Are we pricing ourselves out of the next big innovation. So, you know, there's a 50% chance that the next Google would be within a five-mile radius of Google. That's the way it used to to work out. Facebook is getting ready to open up another massive campus on top of their already massive campus, and they're they're getting ready to break ground on it. So my question is, again, and this, this will happen, like, that's a lot of office space that when it, a downturn comes... Like, I was working at Cron, what, 18 years ago when they lost their NBC affiliate? And they used to have a a four-story building where every desk was full. And then became, they were working off three stories. Then it became they were working off two stories. And they're working off two stories. Pick whatever office you want. You don't even have to sit in a cubicle anymore. Um, And it got thinner and thinner and thinner. So there's a big issue out there of, like, as things have become so expensive here on land, it's another barrier to entry to start a tech company here. Um, so it's a pretty fair idea that, you know, we should be looking in Iowa for the next Bill Gates. We should be looking in maybe New York City for the next uh, Sergey Brand. Mega cities like San Francisco, London, New York, they draw from, you know, a deep network of people, ideas, and capital. But they also can get so expensive that entrepreneurs are focused on making money to pay the rent. So they start thinking about where do we go from here? See, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. So Peter Thiel, you know, he basically said something pretty smart recently. You know, um, a lot of the mon- 
that a lot of the capital that he's giving to entrepreneurs now is going to their landlords. And that's going to change the dynamic. Yeah, it's getting pretty expensive. Um, uh, Oakland's been doing well. I think Oakland's a new hub because a lot of places are, you know, entrepreneurs are saying, let's get out of the city. Let's get out of the peninsula and let's look for some cheap space. Um, I've actually seen a couple places in Alameda. Uh, more and more people are talking about startups in you know the East Bay. That's definitely something we're hearing. There's something in- because of that one, you know, factor. And you said you could see it surging in Oakland. So let me put it in a different way. The velocity of dollars are surging towards the cheaper per square footage. And it, it does come down to math at some point in time. <clears throat> I live in a place right now where the square footage is over $1,000 to sell a residential property. Well over $1,000. So I could sell and find somewhere in the East Bay that's lovely in the hills that doesn't have a lot of neighbors. That's super close to BART. And I can get... Yeah, you're doing one or the other. You're buying more house or you're buying... 505 square feet. The same house for a lot less. Yeah. You know, um... It's the same principle. And I could even go as far as... I could show you Truckee right now. Truckee versus Tahoe. Truckee's doing better than Tahoe right now because it's a little bit closer. And the money in the Bay Area, they're saying, let's take a home equity line of credit. Let's go get some more real estate. Or let's, you know, sell now and get some more real estate. I've probably talked to three couples in the last 10 days that have cashed out and left the Bay Area. And again, when does it hurt? We don't know. We don't know when it's 2006 and things start sliding down and it feels like pain in 2007. Then you go, I really wish I would have sold in 2006. And then suddenly it's 2008. And that's when you're like, well, I'm not going to watch it go down for two more years. And you sell and then it starts to go back up. Yeah, I I don't think that many people are worried about when it's when it's going to stop. Um, they've got a ton of equity already built in. They were higher than our peaks uh, as long and as long as there's people there to buy their home. And I think that's really the key. Uh, but we have such slow inventory right now, Rob, and it, you are finding plenty of buyers. There's still multiple offers. You're looking at a, at a $1.5 million property in the peninsula, easily getting eight offers. And that's going and it's getting over asking price. And a lot of cases, these are cash. So there's plenty of buyers to replace that, you know, in your case, your property so that you can cash out and move. And those three other people that you talked to and the hundreds that are doing it, it's there. Yeah, I think I told you the statistic last Friday that to rent a U-Haul in, the, in San oh, Francisco, yeah. to rent a U-Haul to go from here to Vegas, it's two thousand dollars. To rent a U-Haul from Vegas here, it's a hundred dollars. Like <laughs> it, that's a crazy step. Because now I look at U-Hauls when I'm on one hundred and one, and I'm like, I bet you're spending an arm and a leg for that. Might as well go to Vegas, pick it up, and do a two tripper. There you go. Put a kegger in the back. <laughs> you know, I remember in high school reading a story that a, a fraternity had put a keg in the back of a U-Haul and went to Beach Week. Got into a car accident and basically crushed 12 fraternity brothers. Because it was just a keg bouncing around like a pinball. Now, that sounds like an urban myth to me, right? <laughs> it does, right? Like, you, yeah. oh, and then they got to the beach and the two drivers in the front seat opened up the back and everyone was smushed like pancakes. Anyhow, um, back to this idea on per square foot. It, the funny thing is, is if, the, if square footage was reported in your newspaper, like stocks are, or like if you were to open up Yahoo right now and see what Apple's trading at, you could open up Zillow and see what the square footage is kind of comparable kind of thing. Yeah, Zillow is a good place. But I think more people probably would have looked at real estate as like volatile and crazy if you could look at it on a daily basis. So we'll talk later in the show is real estate better than investing because 
you and I had a conversation recently. You're like, man, you know, had you invested in real estate in 2006, uh, seven and eight, you would have done great. You know, that, that was the time to be buying duplexes and triplexes. I, S- same thing though. Had you bought stocks, I, you as a done real great. estate guy, I saw the, the report said if you would have invested a hundred thousand dollars in the S and P in 2010, it's $400,000 today. So Fair. we're seeing, you know, the real estate guys go, Oh, the stocks look pretty good. And then stock guys are going, wow, I really want that property. So yeah, it's both sides. There's if you some, can do both, there's that's a, great. There's a velocity going on right now in square footage. Like I told you, Truckee shouldn't be doing as well as Truckee's doing. I think it's going to continue doing well. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm going to change things up this year for sure. I'll probably do a little bit more multimedia, Facebook or YouTube or something. I'm just waiting for the sign, and I think my first sign is to cut down a little bit more on TV, and then just start enjoying life a little bit more as we cruise towards retirement. No way. I remember we used to look at like Howard Stern and go, he only works five days a week, then he only works four days a week, then he only works three days a week. I think that's how it should be done as you get older, um, in my opinion. So real estate versus stock market. We've been talking about it a little bit today. The sharp rise in home values last year gave homeowners a strong infusion of cash in the form of home equity. It also helped more than half a million borrowers rise above water on their mortgages, which is still one of the more stunning things from 2006 to 2008. If you had bought a home um, in 2005, 2004, you might have bought at a tippy, tippy, tippy top that you're just now getting back to. And now you're no longer underwater. Homeowners with a mortgage represent about 63% of all properties saw equity increase 12% last year. So the average homeowner got $15,000 of equity gain last year. Collective gain across the United States, $908 billion. That's not bad. Um, that's a stimulus, right? States like California and Washington saw even higher price growth. So homeowners in those states gained an average of 44000 and 40000 respectively. Now, in Louisiana, where a double-wide trailer is considered a mansion, you got a double-wide, which you hit the lottery or something, um, you got basically $2,000 of equity. So every now and then when you see like Oklahoma City beat the Golden State Warriors, know that we got $44,000-plus in equity in our home, and they got less than $2,000 equity in their home. Now, they save a lot of time brushing their teeth. We've got 32 teeth to get to, to floss, to, to water pick. Um, to brush, they got that one tooth, so they save a lot of time in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Tony Mendez, <laughs> BayAreaLoanSource.com. Let's talk about $16 trillion in housing market recovery. Woo! Yeah, I think that goes back to, what, 2010? That's a big number. Yeah, that's the swing that we had, about $16 trillion. Uh, And a lot of cities are still... Um, believe it or not, under their last peaks, but most cities in the United States, we're talking large cities, are beyond their peaks. Um, and we'll talk about San Francisco metropolitan area. Uh, we are above it again, hitting new peaks. So that's one of the nicest things about owning a home is you pay yourself principal yep. and you see the equity grow over time and you're like, woo, like you and I both have a rental. <clears throat> I think mine has like 10 years left on the loan. Yours has eight and right. We're racing to that. Get it paid <laughs> off because it's a rental. It's, it's okay to have a rental paid off. Maybe I'll tap it for equity later. Maybe I won't. We'll find out. But uh, it's kind of a nice feeling seeing like, whoa, now again, 
we both have rentals on the East Coast, so we're not seeing that fifteen thousand dollars equity gain. So, but it's it's out there for a lot of Americans. Yeah, it's we run a lot of these scenarios on you know the mortgage side and whether or not to pay it off. Wow, look at um, that! The seven K gain in Virginia last year on equity, and in North Carolina, ten thousand dollars gain on average. Then you look at California, forty four thousand. Yeah. Oh, I think it's white states like South Dakota. I think that's, what's a zero? South right? Dakota, it's just white. It's yeah. blank, i.e., we don't know how to value real estate out here. How do you value a teepee? <laughs> Be nice. Or wigwam. It's nice living up there. So I once went to my um, therapist and said, you know, I'm having crazy dreams every night that I'm a teepee and a wigwam. He goes, you're too tense. <laughs> so. I'll take the rapists for 200 <laughs> That's therapist. <laughs> Did it take you all night to write that one? <laughs> wow. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. <laughs> maybe I really went to a therapist. And I, maybe I did think I was wigwacking my man teepee. And he thought I was just too tense. Oh, my, my, my. So, um, I think I'm taking a negative angle on real estate today. And I'm not trying to. But let's talk about some of the things on home ownership That, you know, um, property taxes. You have to pay in good times and bad times. Kind of like the homeowners association. You have to pay in good times and bad times. Yep, like that royalty fee. What? How much of that home equity in California is lost to home equity lines? Not home equity lines, but um, homeowners associations. Because in California, they, they they differ like golden clay. You can get an HOA that's four thousand well, dollars a month. Yeah, you have an HOA. You could literally pay your house off and still have that payment. It's it's like a perpetual mortgage. Um, it could be a, a condo, for example. I've seen condo HOAs, just simple, you know, two bedroom, one bath, run three, four, five hundred dollars a month, and you always have that. A five hundred dollar a month payment on an HOA is like a hundred thousand dollar mortgage. It will always stay on that, and it always goes up. It's like an arm that the rate it always goes up. Uh, that's definitely something that you want to pay attention to when you buy a condo. And why a lot of people don't stay in condos and they let a renter pay it if they decide to keep the property. Um, but going back to your point about whether or not you pay off a, a rental or not, um, I always think it depends on what kind of retirement you're looking at. Are you Do you have a pension or are you relying just on your 401k or IRA distributions? Are you going to get Social Security? Is all of that enough? And I, I think some people, you know, they make bad decisions later on in life and they go, oh, I'm going to leverage that. You talked about leveraging your property and then equity. Should I buy another one or... Should I put the money in the stock market or just sell the house and just pay the capital gains or 1031 exchange it into a property that I might move into? There's a lot of options that people forget that are out there for them that can save money in the long run. But it really does come down to how you're going to retire and what that property means to you. Uh, and we talk about this with clients all the time. You know, you're 50 years old. Why are you buying another property? I had a 70 year old once who had a bunch of money and he wanted to buy a rental property. I said, why? Um, what is this doing for you? Have you talked to your CPA? And he's like, no. Uh, why aren't you talking to your CPA, at least your CPA and maybe your financial planner? I mean, what is what is your goal for that property? Is it it's something that's going to give you income in retirement? After it's paid off, you'll get a lot more. Yes, you'll pay taxes on the What's income. What's interesting about questions? You just, you just sparked something in my head. Like when I bought that place in Raleigh, I didn't have any questions in my head. I just was buying it because I think I thought I should buy some real estate to go with my stocks. And now as I'm getting older, I'm like, does it pay for a kid's college? Do I turn it into a rental where I can make $14,000 a year in income? Which, that's not a lot of money. It's not, but it could fund your... But if I do that for 20 years... Long-term like, care, it could fund your insurance, it could fund right. a lot of things. And that's where... 
But um, it's, it's a basic question, yeah. Tony. Like, I could ask you, where are you going to be in five years? And you're like, I kind of still want to stick in the Bay Area because, you know, the mortgage closes, you're, you do mortgages for a living. Bay Area Loan Source, a $600,000 mortgage is going to be the same amount of work as a $100,000 mortgage in uh, Zimbabwe. <laughs> Ew, I am the Zimbabwe mortgage king. You've just made $4 million. Just send me an email. <laughs> uh, you played the lottery last night? No. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So this is Regina Spector, who I went to see in concert 15 years ago, 10 years ago. With a woman that I love very much so. And there's a line in it about there's a statue and you know, we'll pull it down and it's not a love song, but I took it as a love song. Like it's me and you against the world. But it's really about the Russia and the Western world and such. But two statues fell this week and they're both hitting me kinda hard. And I know you're you're gonna laugh at me when I say this, but Toys R Us going down. That's a statue. That's an iconic... That could never happen. Really? It just did. So, where do I go with this? Oh, there was another statue that came down this week. Right? You start thinking about like some of these big companies that, that they, they can't fail, and then, whoa, they start failing. So, just whoa. throwing it out there for you. Um, a lot of times it's jobs. Sometimes it's, it's retail. Sometimes it's technology. Um... You know, companies like Yahoo, some icons do go down. GE's going down in the process of going down. Now, does it stay down? We don't know. Let's just know that every now and then the icons come tumbling, tumbling down. Get in a mortgage when you're retired. Tony, how many people have you run across that are trying to get a brand new mortgage just as they're retiring? Quite a few, in fact. Uh, and if you are going to retirement, you want that lower payment to definitely do it before you retire. Um, a lot of people, unfortunately, don't do it before they retire and they have trouble getting financing. And there are some options, of course, if you wait and you have some assets, there's something called asset depletion you can use. So you have a million dollars and you are of retirement age. You can use all of that to what they call, and you deplete your assets. You're not actually spending the money. They just take a formula and divide say, for example, 360 months was a 30-year fixed into that, and it calculates a number. And you can use that towards your other income that you have. If I was wise right now, and I'm thinking about retiring in 5, 10, 15 years. Would it be wise to use my income to get a retirement house now, rent it out maybe, and then take it over in 5, 10, 15 years? That's pretty common where, let's say, for example, you you know you want to retire in Idaho, in Coeur d'Alene, for example. And um, you, you're working now. You know the money's there. Uh, you know prices might go up. Rates are good. And you just buy it. And you have somebody start paying the equity down on the property. And, or, I'm sorry, the principal down. Um you may or may not actually live in that property. Maybe you move it to another one. You can do a 1031 exchange and buy it. Maybe that probably didn't work out or your lifestyle changes. So there's getting into real estate like that and, and knowing that you're going to not retire where you're living now. Uh, it's worth looking into at least five to 10 years prior to that move. And certainly while you're still working and, and having that income and down payment. One of the problems though with this idea is that you start getting too much property. Like, you know, I told you that a friend of mine is a cop, and 15 years ago, he's like, I can't afford Oakland. And that's 15 years ago. 
So what he did was he, he rents in Oakland, he, he bought in Tampa, and he's going to retire in Tampa. And he has the ability to say, I'm a cop. You don't want to screw me over as a landlord kind of thing. He's got that ability to have some life experience that people will screw over landlords. <laughs> so he's not looking at it naively. But it's also, it's, it's another job. It is. A landlord or... You get more than two properties, three properties, and you're trying to do it on your own. It can be a headache. It, you're literally sitting there at night, every night, um, ringing in checks, worrying about problems, fixing problems. That's why people use property management companies. That's something I would certainly build into a you know your budget when you're looking at a property as far as cash flow is concerned uh, and it's tax deductible on your schedule e uh, and why not do it um, let the professionals do it until you figure it out and maybe you're going to figure out that you don't want to do it uh, and the next property you get you budget that in so i i have clients that i'm working with a client right now who has 11 properties he does it all on his own wow uh but he's he's a stay he's a tutor so he works from home and his wife has a w-2 job full-time and that's his job at home is to take care of the properties and he's young he's in his early i'm more of a tory than a tutor (laughs) i ever tell you that um i was in england once and i was going around big ben and the statues and all this stuff and the clocks and stuff and there was a statue of of a tory and i was feeling kind of you know a tory it's a political party in england like the tutors and the Mm -hmm. tories i was feeling kind of randy so i kind of rubbed my leg up against it and a cop, what are they called in England? Bobbies? Bobbies. A Bobby? So a Bobby sees me rubbing up against a statue of a Tory, and he charges me with statutory rape. Tory statue rape. Oh, I blew my own joke. I got charged with Tory statue rape. I'll be here all night. Very funny. That was a long way for a joke on Tudors and Tories. I was in England once, visited Parliament, baby. No more. There's a statue of a Tory. That's feeling kind of randy. You're fab. You're switched on. You're a bit of all right. Yes. Isn't it funny? Americans think of England as uh, just cliches. It's all Michael Caine, the Queen, James Bond. James Bond. He's English too. Mm hmm. Man, do you remember the first time you saw a James Bond movie? I do. It was, the first scene was always a woman more beautiful than the last. Yep. And James somehow partying with them. All right, all right, all right. And the bad guys jump in, and he jumps out on a ski lodge, and he's got skis on and boots on when he was just partying with a woman, having a martini, shaken, not stirred. And suddenly he's got boots on and he's skiing, which I don't know how he did that, but he did. And he shoots these guys, and they fall off the cliff. And then he Parachute s- opens with a big British flag. And he falls right in the laps of another beautiful woman. Yep. But suddenly his, his snow boots are gone. That's what, what made him an amazing spy. So anyway, um, you were talking about getting being older and getting uh, yes, mortgages uh, and such. You know, so, you know, if you're looking into going to retiring soon, you look at refinancing. Um, carrying that mortgage into retirement yeah. or paying it off. So you're going to have one or the other choice. But if you're going to carry a mortgage into your retirement, why would you have a higher payment? Um, and I think that's the first question you want to ask yourself if you keep that payment going through. A lot forward. of questions on home equity lines of credit, on yeah. refinancing, on reverse mortgages. We, you know, we talked about how much equity is out there right now. Uh, Hitting new peaks here in the Bay Area, sixteen trillion in equity built since the the trough uh, through our recession. 
it's a lot of equity that people want to gain or uh, capture. Meanwhile, they refinanced or bought in low interest rates. Uh, what's the question? If you want cash out, do you take an equity line or you do refinance everything all at once and take a cash out loan? The rate's higher, but you're, you're not um, subject to the equity line fluctuations that we might have. The Fed's considering raising rates two or three times this year. We may see it next week. Uh, and you're, you're wondering if that aggregate rate is actually going to work. So a lot of people are considering getting out. Not only that, Rob, something that uh, we saw recently is uh, people who are in arms that are tied towards the LIBOR. The LIBOR is taking a spike right now. It's up almost six tenths of a percent in the last year. So if you're, what you do is you take your margin and index, and most people are tied to that index. So if you were to adjust today and you had two and a quarter margin, you're going to end up somewhere in the high fours. So are people refinancing out of arms? So there's a lot of things that are happening right now. It's something that the industry has been waiting for. Is is there a catalyst to get people more involved in, you know, figuring out what works for their mortgage? And it's not just uh, equity lines. It's everything. It's interesting because, again, I don't think there's a right answer. And sometimes you'll hear CFP Chad Burton say, I love HELOCs. And a couple months later, I hate HELOCs. A couple months later, I love HELOCs. HELOCs aren't terribly easy to get. Well, they, they can be. You, you know, sometimes in a lot of cases, they, no appraisal. You have to have a good credit score or you'll get declined right away on that. Um, but the nice thing about an equity line, and I, I don't like doing equity lines personally, but the nice thing about equity lines, if you want $100,000 to do a kitchen renovation, but you're not going to spend it for over a year, maybe 30% now, 30% later, and 40% at the end, you don't actually pay interest on the money that you've bought. You only pay interest on the money you've borrowed as opposed to a, a refinance where you take the cash out, you're paying interest right away. So there are some advantages of it, but it, it always comes back to the one statement that I always say, and that is, how soon can you pay it off? Because that interest rate will eventually go up. And if you're counting on that interest only, which does come with equity lines on the adjusting part, uh, you can get stuck with a recast in 10 years. So what I was trying to get at, and you kind of went long on me, is that there's a lot of products, home equity lines, credit, refinances. And I wish there was a gauge where is it easy to get a mortgage in retirement if you have a blah, blah, blah score and a blah, blah, blah of assets. There's there's not a, a periodical table. Like, there's not something that we could easily box ourselves into. Like, for instance, reverse mortgages, you'll hear a CFP say, I hate them. But in his head, he's thinking about reverse mortgages for people who are 60, who it could become a big problem for, versus reverse mortgage for someone who is 80, who they're not going to outlive it. It's not going to become problematic. So... There's a lot of product out there in, in mortgage land. And, you know, selling a reverse mortgage to someone who's 62, I think is almost criminal compared to selling it, which I think it's almost like, whoa, you're being very nice, that old person, if they're 82. Um, but, man, there is no right answer. And in your 20s, I was just, me and Tony were laughing during the break because he's done numerous, numerous mortgages for me. And he just he's doing one right now that should be finished up in the next week or two. Um, tied towards a getaway property. Get away from me. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Spouse comes and says, I want to kiss you. And you're like, ooh, get away from me. Um, so it's a getaway property. But um, in our 20s, we thought like a $150,000 house was big money. And now it's like, oh, no. I think I just wrote a check for basically a whole house in a different state. And that's earnest money. Like, oh, righto, McKnighto? If you want a mortgage or a refi or work with a home equity line or work with someone in real estate, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. If you want to find me, um, put up a signal. It's a, a Guinness. Put it up in the sky, and I will come flying anytime of night. 
You can find me at Rob Black's show if you don't have a Guinness light signal as well. Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So the only problem I have with alternative music is sometimes it gets a little bit too close to dance music or beats per minute kind of issues. And like in the background of these songs, you can hear like door slam and you're like, that's not an instrument right there. It just, it sounds like a door slam and it doesn't sound like a real drum. It's Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Morning. To pay your mortgage off early or not. Mm-hmm. I've always loved mortgages when they're low cost of money. Their interest rates, their mortgage interest is tax deductible to a certain point in most of America. Um, I've always loved mortgages as tools. Um, you can pay yourself a little bit. But a lot of people have problems with mortgages, or not with mortgages, with owning a house because you have property taxes and you've got upkeep and you have more insurance. So, you know, California is so obvious when you look at a uh, a renter versus an owner, and no one feels pity for the renter. No owners feel pity for the renter who doesn't have to pay property tax. And no renter feels pity for the owner who... Has to have a mortgage of $700,000 or something like that. Right. Yeah. My payment's $4,000 a month. Yeah. And you don't have a payment. You can fly to, like a butterfly, to Asia for a vacation. Um, So anyway, there's a lot going on there, in my opinion. But, um, you know, paying off your mortgage early is one of the big issues. And your parents wanted to pay off their mortgage early because they lived in a different time than we do. They did. We live Uh, in a low-cost mortgage area. Yeah, I was actually surprised to find out that my parents... Um, after owning the house for over 30 years, still had a couple hundred thousand dollars in a mortgage. And then my dad, but he had a plenty of equity. Yeah. And, you know, he bought the house for 89000 ended up with 200000 Hmm, how did that work out? He built a garage, built a pool, built some, you know, did some landscaping, bought a car. And, and he used that equity wisely, and he managed the debt. It wasn't a lot. You know, anytime someone says the word landscaping, I start thinking manscaping. <laughs> like what I should be doing this weekend. It's a job. And it comes fast. Yeah. The maintenance comes fast. The next thing you know, that you're like, "Oh my gosh, I got to weed. I got to, I got to stain the fence. I have to, my grass is dying. Uh, those bushes look awful. I'm going to replace them." And next thing you know, you spend a couple thousand dollars, and that's sweat equity. You're still spending money. Every time Tony talks about his grass is dying, I think about manscaping this weekend. <laughs> oh my my my! I've seen you cut grass before. What is the matter with you? It's Tony Mendez, BarryLoanSource.com. It's BarryLoanSource.com. So if your mortgage, so your parents should have paid off their mortgage because they were paying 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14% mm-hmm. through the years. And then mortgages went sub 5% yep. and sub 4% and so on. It doesn't make a lot of sense to pay off a mortgage in this day and age. Yeah. In fact, my, my dad's 75. He refinanced when he was 72 and he has a sub 4% interest rate and he's going to keep that till he, until he sells the house or dies. Okay. So you know, it's funny. I don't, th- I don't think if your dad is having a mortgage now. I mm-hmm. think of your dad as retired. I think of him as fishing. I think of him as loving Lots grandchildren. Of yeah. So, and I don't think of mortgage. It's just an odd image that came to my head. Um, so mortgage related services, you know, some of me want, some of you don't want private mortgage insurance. Ugh. Some of the stuff that's out there. And again, you know, mortgage, mortgage accelerators. Some of the stuff that's out there is it seems to play on like the fact that we were not terribly well educated as children in society with financial products and commissions and fees and things that go with them. Yes, yeah, so, uh, you you want to get out of mortgage insurance and it's it's you're paying somebody else to insure 
uh, that, that lender's equity in that property in case they have to sell the property if, if you go into foreclosure. Um, I don't like it with the, the amount of equity that a lot of people are earning here in the, in the Bay Area and across the nation and the amount of products that are out there right now to help you get out of it. Even jumbo loans right now, you can get up to 90% jumbo loans with no mortgage insurance uh, with a good credit score, of course. But then you got Fannie Mae and, and Freddie Mac. You can go up to 95%, 97% in some cases. And if all you need is 3 or 5% in your equity in your property, and you can get out of some of that mortgage insurance. There's something called lender-paid mortgage insurance, and sometimes it makes sense to buy the heck that rate down. We talk about this all the time, and it pays you back. Um, if There's actually some people that we've talked to who's, who, who've actually achieved that 78% equ- uh, or 22% equity goal where the mortgage insurance is supposed to drop off automatically, and it hasn't. Um, and there's a couple reasons why. But a lot of people aren't even checking it. They're like, wow, why didn't my mortgage insurance fall off? Um, I don't like mortgage accelerators, uh, especially ones that you pay for. I don't like mortgage accelerators because typically there's an Australian accent (laughs) signed to it. Hey, bloke, did you pay too much in mortgage this last year? I can accelerate your mortgage payment and save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, which is funny, they actually work. And every every person in in Australia just rolled over <laughs> for the worst Australian accent ever. Uh, they they actually can work, but they're very costly. And, and these guys are making thirty, forty thousand dollars commissions easily on a transaction, which is crazy. Um, if you want to pay off your mortgage early, uh, you can easily make an extra payment every month. I'm sorry, an extra payment every year. Uh, you can make a hundred dollar contribution every month if you wanted. Uh, I don't recommend it until you talk to your CPA, but it's something that people do all the time. And you can say the, the, every mortgage I've ever had has always been an automatic withdrawal from my bank. The worst payment you can make late is a mortgage payment. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people who do their mortgages on their, do their, their extra payments on their own actually don't know how to do it correctly and they end up with a late payment. I, there are people listening right now who have done it. It's because they're not writing two checks instead of one and they apply the principal towards the the wrong payment. Right? They, you know, this is, it's crazy. You can get a lot of trouble by doing it wrong. I'm Rob Black. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. We'll take a break here. We'll talk soon. You can always find me at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show, you can subscribe to iTunes. If you Google me on YouTube or YouTube me on, search me on YouTube, you'll find that I do some videos there from TV. You can find me on Facebook at Cron4Rob Black, but you can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com, and you can find me at RobBlackShow.com. 